0: Welcome to the Self-Content Podcast, where we share our content and the contentness that we feel about our lives. In this episode two of Relationships, we will be talking about the relationships that we have with ourselves and or significant others, and more specifically, the relationship advice we may have received growing up our personal stories about our relationships and everything that has really gone on within them and how we or us navigate our relationships and essentially everything in between that really can be relationships. So my name is Jameson
1: and my partner here is named James. How is everyone doing? How are ya? Um, So I think the first thing that we could uh, jump into here on this one is um, the key ingredients to a healthy relationship. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, brother.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, James. Um, Really, to start off by saying the key ingredients, I mean, again, I'll come back to communication and how important that is to communicate to your partner or partners all the time, as much as you absolutely can, from that heart space and from that honest space. I want to pinpoint a... Crucial thing here is we can get really caught up in our heads when it comes to um, the way we see the relationship, what we want out of the relationship, and often how we think about ourselves and not so much the other person sometimes. I know I've been guilty for talking about my own, you know, priorities and my own hopes and my own wishes and or even my own expectations. And it's often not living from my heart space. It's really more so living from my head space. And I am starting to see the, the differences between that and how the heart space is really the space that I want to live out of more. The head is just the, the filter. So with that, I think that heart space living from an empathetic standpoint, to understanding the other person or persons to an extent that, you know, is acceptable and feels good from both ends, where there's no uh, incongruency between, you know,
1: one another or
0: what have you. So definitely a piece there for you.
1: That sounds amazing. I actually have a, a question for you here to sure. or, or around what heart space is, because this is this is why our podcast is very interesting, because I'm a very headspace person. I'm very mm-hmm. analytical, very focused through the brain. And you are a very soulful human being. You always live through the heart space. So okay. could you sort of explain heart space in the in the terminology that you're using it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really that connection to yourself on a, a little bit deeper level um, that is a less egotistical, in a sense, and is a little bit softer. Kind of like um, a common uh, motherly love um, energy that runs through them. They may not be worried for the mother. They may not be worried about um, what's going on in the world or the house or anything specific besides what's going on for you. And they meet you where you're at with the intention to love and care and almost coddle you in a way that just feels so warm and soothing that type of energy exactly the the nurturing energy that's the heart energy that is the you know irreplaceable almost um that energy that is like no other and that's the heart energy that i'm really trying to bring out here and talk about because our head can get in the way of that heart energy because we end up speaking almost from our head almost all the time it's just how we filter or not from that heart space so definitely that loving nurturing warm place of speaking loving and caring
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's incredible to hear. It's the, uh, the foundation of a relationship, the roots of emotion. Exactly. Instead of coming at things, um, analytically or, or once again, depending on how you were raised, your conditioning and whatnot, I think a lot of people get stuck in the, uh, right and wrong of it all. Mm -hmm. Where a relationship, there's a lot more than just the black and white, um, yeah so it's it's very good to sort of settle those thoughts and come out emotionally i absolutely love that um Mm -hmm. some of the key ingredients that i like to think about um and once again this is coming from an analytical mind um (laughs) is continual growth and effort i think a lot of people take for granted how much we change as humans over time um we're not the same person we were a week ago Things have happened in life and have made us into that next person, that next version of ourselves. Um, So that growth that we have, regardless of what it is, does play a role in the relationships that we have. Um, So um, I used to, uh, in previous relationships, I used to have what I would call like a partnership meeting. So once a week, we'd get together, just me and my spouse, coffee, what did we do good this week? What did we not do so well? What can we work on? And we'd sit just for an hour and have like very intentional conversations about where the relationship is, what's going on, and moving forward. So conversations on what our needs are, and addressing, accommodating, and navigating bumps in the road, incredibly crucial for a healthy relationship. Um, hiding these issues that come up uh, is a very common thing. And a lot of people do it s- so that they don't lose a relationship. A lot of us live sort of in that fear-based mindset where if I cause issues in a relationship, the relationship will end. Um, we need to sort of get rid of the stigma of bad things happening in a relationship being the downfall of a relationship and look at them as bumps in the road or uh you know a rough patch right um roads can be repaved if the effort time and energy is put into it and i think that's incredibly crucial for a healthy relationship
0: i couldn't agree more i Really resonated with what you said there and I genuinely agree. It takes a ton of effort mind effort, heart effort, soul effort, physical effort to show up and actually take the action that is most responsible for the situation to come to an understanding, a clearing, an agreement, and an intent to set the groundwork going forward with everything that has happened to essentially come together more and bring about a connection that you know you love and that continues to grow
1: going forward. And that's really the beauty right there. Absolutely. Um, I think one other thing that I would think is a key ingredient uh, to a healthy relationship when people get together, move in, have jobs, they're off. Um, It's almost like two ships passing in the night when you get into it. I have children. um, And, you know, mom goes to work at one place, dad goes to work at another, you come home uh, at different times, you spend your day with separate groups of people who have separate thoughts than each other. And then you come home and you try to live this life together, where the influence that you're getting or mom's getting is from work. The influence that dad's getting is from work. And then you come home and you try to sort of merge that together. Well, it doesn't work. Um, You come together with different thoughts and stuff like that. So being intentional about time with each other Mm -hmm. to discuss things that are happening in life, huge makes a huge difference, right? Um, People can get caught up in the, the rat race, right? The rut of life. And unless you are, aware and, um, accountable for your time in that relationship, things can go sour quick. So presence and intentionality are crucial for, for a healthy relationship. Um, yeah. And that's what I have to say about that. What are your thoughts on, um, any of the relationship advice that you've been given through life as a teenager, younger, Are there any stories that stand out to you that were either positive or negative, sort of helpful, not helpful? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Is there anything that stands out?
0: There definitely is a few things that stand out that it's a common misconception or a unfortunate and or fortunate reality that hits us. And, And that really is, for me, that relationships, oh, they can be easy. Or, oh, you know, once you find the, the right relationship, things won't happen. It won't be bad. It won't have its moments that are, that are hard. Everything is just, you know, kind of that sunshine and rainbows idea. And I sometimes went into a relationship or relationships that were, uh, <laughs> I thought that would be one thing and they turned out to be the other because I thought that the way a relationship is supposed to go is always good. You know, it brings me back to, you know, parents hiding their arguments from the child and how I saw a relationship or relationships from other friends or family that looked so perfect from the outside, yet on the inside, you know, reality can sometimes strike and, and really show you that a relationship takes so much work and self-acceptance accept, and acceptance of them for who they are and who you are and how you want to keep the relationship going and the hard truth that no relationship is perfect. In my opinion, it always has its quirks, its differences, its disagreements, its arguments, its frustrations. And at the end of the day, if you both want to, you know, meet each other, where you're at with your heart's intent, that's absolutely incredible and beautiful and I think can lead to a lifelong relationship. That is, is beautiful. The common misconception that all relationships are just, you know, wonderful as a, definitely as a teenager, that, uh, that maybe plagued me a bit.
1: Yeah. Great, great, great story there. Uh, I, I feel that, uh, as well. Um, I was not lucky enough to have a family that stayed together. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: parents went through a divorce when I was young I think I was around five um, or four there's some confusion there never clarified Um, so having that like solid family unit I was not a thing that I had that there was no example for me for a good relationship so I went into my teens sort of lock stocked in two smoking barrels sort of on my own (laughs) just free ride and uh ended up graduating early um online and started working full-time and most of my relationship advice i got from construction workers Hmm. uh building towers downtown vancouver and some of that advice is incredibly (sighs) crass and just hurt people hurt people
0: yeah
1: they never take the time to to understand what's going on. So one of the first stories that I have here was a older fella had been married and divorced six times. Mm-hmm. And he's asking me, I was 16 or 17 at the time. And he's asking me, well, do you have a girlfriend? Yeah, I do. She lives in Richmond. She's cute. She's pretty. She's smart. She's a rugby player. She's just my type. And uh, he's like, well, is she pretty? Hmm. What? Well, Yeah. Of course, you get dumper. And it was like, what? And he said, dumper. And you go out and you find the ugliest person you can. And you hold on to that person because they will never leave you. And I thought that was just the most ridiculous way to think about relationships, you know? <laughs> and the other story that stands out was probably four years later uh, on the bus home from uh, by this time I'd had become a power engineer, I was working at rec centers running uh, Zamboni and the aquatic sides and doing facility maintenance. And I was on the bus and there was a drunk man there who just wanted to talk to people. And I love talking. So I sat down beside him because it seemed like he was maybe pushing the boundaries of some people. You know, a lot of people want to sit on transit with their headphones in and not talk. So I thought, you know what, I've got another 15 minutes on the bus, I'll, I'll occupy his time. And he comes up, or I I go to him and he says, you know, that he's going through a hard time in his relationship, but he'll never leave. Um, You got to put the effort in and the time and stuff like that. It was a very, very wonderful mindset to hear. But it was definitely spoken with some sass. And so he's talking, I was talking about my relationship at the time. And, you know, yeah, we have rough patches and stuff. But you know, we love each other and that's sort of all you need. And he's like, absolutely, don't forget that. And then he started talking about why leave that relationship and end up in another one. And he said, different devil, same hell. <laughs> and it was like, whew, that's, a, that's one way to look at relationships. And that's that's always sort of stuck with me. Um, You know, if you don't take the time to address the issues that are coming up, in your relationship whether they're from you or from your partner it's always a joint effort when it comes to a relationship right um if you don't address those things you take them to the next relationship Mm -hmm. right you're gonna have the same issues so i you know a rude way to put it a very interesting way to put it but uh definitely definitely something that stuck with me yeah right um the last little advice that i had um was leading into my separation with my ex-wife um, there were some mental health issues and um some things happened and i ended up having this conversation with one of my very mindful uh, australian friends very similar to you like the female version of you maybe is <laughs> the best way to put it um yeah. her name was sarah Maz and I sat down and I was just venting. I was sad. We were making tea. And she says, are you the best father to your child that you could be? And I could not honestly answer yes. Mm. And it was soul crushing having to say no. And then she asked, is the person that you're with helping you be the best father that you could be? And I couldn't say yes. Yeah. And then she went on to say, um, if you can't be the best version of yourself in a relationship or not in a relationship, you need to do what's best for you to become that best version of yourself. Hmm. And that um, the best version of yourself is a Matthew Kelly uh, book. It's there's (laughs) um, I can't remember the title, but that's where that that mindset comes from. And she says, if there's someone out there that helps you be a better father to your child, does your child not deserve that? Mm. And I had spent probably six months contemplating whether my relationship was over or not. Um, there had been some cheating and stuff that had happened, and it just it took hearing someone talking straight to me yeah. to to make that decision. And that moment will always stand out to me. Mm.
0: So, yeah. Wow. I I thank you for sharing those incredible stories that really kind of brought you to your knees and self-acceptance and understanding and realization that propelled you in a direction that served you well. And it's funny how people just kind of, come across us and tell us these things after we just say the slightest bit about what's going on. And sometimes they just know what to say and how to say it for it to really land in a
1: respectful and loving way. This is my counseling. Anyone out there listening, if you're going through something and you just can't figure out how to navigate it, Mm-hmm. Counseling, my friend. You have the answers in your head. You just don't have someone asking the right questions to get you to that point. Mm-hmm. Counseling. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: I completely agree. Obviously, I mean, both of us being quite biased given our uh, professions and, and experience. Um, but that is absolutely it. Uh, I recently had a, a session with a client that um, they, they quickly realized how incredible that realization was that a counselor is there to help um, them get to their own realizations and aha, aha moments it's not for us to give actual advice it's really just getting them to go into those deep places of themselves to learn and grow and uh, get excited about in a sense because of the change that can happen when we do the work and it was a beautiful yeah, moment absolutely
1: so that's awesome, brother. Yeah. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. what advice would you give if you had one piece of advice? <laughs> what would you give? Do you want me to start? Because I could start.
0: If hmm, this is this is a funny one. On on the idea of relationships, I would hmm, I would have to say it's the The intent it's for me, I have a patch on my backpack that I got sewed on. It says live with intent. And it's that constant reminder that we give to ourselves about how we're going to show up for ourselves and in turn, others, and to be aware of what is going on within that will get in the way of that intent that right there in general, you can, you can put it into so many different parts of your life. And I, I tell you, just listen to that little heart space, that little piece of intention or intuition, sorry, that, that you feel, or you may have. And I think self-awareness is a huge integration into that, to find that true intent that is true and honest and, you know, runs through you. And you know, that is, that is what you want.
1: Oh God, I love that brother. Hmm. intent is huge being accountable for how you show up that is amazing yeah um mine is a little more i don't know black and white here just mm-hmm. something that i see happening right now in the world with all the stressors and you know how we live has changed the last year let's just put it that way um mm-hmm. And people are struggling. People are spending a lot more time with each other than they normally do. And thats I think that's causing a little bit of tension and people are struggling with how their lives have changed. And uh, mental health has been a huge factor the last year with this this big change. And um, this goes for anything. I'm, I'm starting it off as mental health if your partner's having bad a bad mental health week um, but not just a bad mental health week if your partner is having a rough time at work something's going on in their family treat them as if they were sick right a lot of people don't know how to show up for their spouse when the hard times hit right um so take care of them bring them soup run baths for them make sure there's a drier warm towel ready mm-hmm. That is my absolute favorite thing. Hmm. Um, Get them their favorite snacks, put on their favorite shows, movies, whatever, hold space and shower them with love. Showering your spouse with love should not be a task, right? And I think this sort of, this touches into one of the books that we'll recommend a little bit later here, um, just on like relationship foundations, it's called The Five Love Languages. Knowing your partner's love language is the best way to show up. Mm -hmm. And um, this book helps you find out your love language as well as how you show up with love languages. So I know my love languages are physical touch and quality time. And the other three are acts of service. So doing the dishes, filling the car up with gas. So that they don't have to stop at the gas station in the morning, they can stay in their warm car during this horrible Vancouver winter. You know, the Caribbean of Canada over here, where it's <laughs> only negative one, and the East Coast is looking at negative forty. Um, so, um, acts of service, um, and then there's two others, and I'm blanking right now, and I don't know why. Yeah, um, there's gifts. Yeah, yeah, physical touch and. Yeah. So, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and what's the last one? <laughs> I don't know. What's the last? Uh, what, what's the last? I, I'll think of it and I'll come back to it. Um, Sweet. I, I usually have them down packed, but my brain is elsewhere in this conversation. So, um, but knowing what uh, what your partner's love languages is, is crucial. So you could be sitting there buying them gifts and that's how you show up mm-hmm. with your love language. I, I'm a gifts person, right? If I could randomly surprise my spouse with the purse that they wanted or chocolate or something, that's how I show up. I'm lucky that that is high up on their love language list, but some people want acts of service. If you're showering the person you love mm-hmm. with, purses and computers and flowers and chocolates, but all they want you to do is the dishes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Act of service. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't translate over. Um, when all they would really want you to do is just do the dishes. Yeah. They'll feel hundred percent more loved yeah. just by doing that. So once again, that communication, knowing where you stand and where your partner stands is incredible, but um, yeah, hold space and shower them with love. Uh, we're going through a rough patch in the world here, and we need to we need to love on one another.
0: I completely agree It's showing love to others that you know that you love and that love you and even if they don't love you. I mean, just living from that again, that hard space of of love for for one another and really meeting them where they're at and doing what's best for them because it's gonna fill them and it's gonna fill you. and you know what better thing is that when? You're both fulfilled in a relationship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, moving on, do you think there's such thing as a perfect partner, and how do you feel that the idea of a perfect partner interferes with relationships? Hmm. <laughs> this is a. I, I think
0: some people. Oh man, I. I am feeling a lot about this because i think the the one the the idea of the perfect person in our life kind of is unrealistic and that might be a hot take that might be a lot to uh to really grasp because i think it's the love that you share with one another that defines you as a person with them and them as a person with you Or multiple other people in any kind of relationship so for me I think different people can work a lot better for us but I don't think personally from my experience thus far that I've really thought about this there really is an absolutely perfect person for one person And that, that, that might
1: stir some emotions for people. You know, I, I tend to agree with you where the idea that there's what, eight, is it, I can't remember if it's seven or eight billion people on this planet. yeah, And that there's only one of those people Mm -hmm. that will be star crossed, perfect, you know, partner for you. It's, it's interesting to, to think that way. Um, And once again, I think media and all of that sort of takes a role in the way they portray relationships. Exactly. Um, That being said, I think that you can find a great match, sort of as you were saying, you know, there are are people that obviously suit us better than others. Mm -hmm. And it's really a trial and error thing. Yeah. Um, With the way I feel the world works today, we 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 rush into things um and i don't know if that's just we're not teaching how affection comes into play um to younger students we sort of hope parents can do their best uh, to teach their children but a lot of them once again most most couples both parents work we just sort of live in a society that that's the new norm and uh, we hope that the schooling that they have is good enough to, to teach these types of things. Um, mm. It's kind of heartbreaking, actually, to think about it that way, right. um, especially see. as someone that has a son in school. Um, but there is no, there is no perfect partner, and, and even for that matter, what is perfection? What is perfect? Right. Because that is that it's not a linear thing. Everyone feels differently. It's like um, when people say, "Oh, yeah, I'm well, I'm normal." <laughs> Well, to who? (laughs) Right on what on what scale? Yeah, right. Yeah, because everything can 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 come into that religion and um, the way you were raised. You know what's normal for you might not be normal for someone. I remember um, going to a friend's house. Uh, He was Vietnamese. Yeah, and they had a habit of. And I had never done it before, but they had a habit of washing their cups out, Mm -hmm. even after they were clean, before getting a glass of water. Right. That was weird to me. You already washed it. You put it in the cupboard. I've never done that before. I was probably like, I don't know, 11. (laughs) Um, What may be normal to you might not be normal to others. Yeah. I think trying to put a label on something like that is very, you have to be very cautious when making making those types of statements right so perfect partner falls right into that where it's like well what is a perfect partner there's there's no such thing yeah i agree Um, i agree it's do you think there's guidelines to determine if a relationship is good enough
0: hmm well good enough is subjective it's it's definitely something that is Oh, man, what, what is your preferred level of good enough? Where, where does it stand? Do you, are you putting up those expectations, those guideposts in the relationship for things to be met? And if they're not, what are you like? Are you going to be just like gone? What what is it? And I think just saying that isn't realistic for a real or at least what I see as a real loving relationship. If that's what you want out of a relationship in regards to the partnership or the love that you share, I don't think there is any realistic expectations to put on it because you really don't know anywhere about where it's going to go, what's going to happen, what will transpire, what each party will present with. And if we have expectations for things to meet a certain standard, that is already setting up yourself for potential failure. And I I think it's, just want to throw in there no worries i just want to throw in there that almost that manifesting idea the spiritual aspect of you attuning to that energy of potential failure or you attuning to that energy of things meeting a certain standard and then a cognitive bias happening for you to actually go into a space of oh things are starting not to work out this is the lens i see it in therefore it's not meeting my standard therefore i will leave and that piece right there is another reason why i personally uh don't like to do that and have tried in the past and yeah no it it didn't work out
1: (laughs) yeah i think we have i think our generation for sure has something that i would like label as a uh, microwave mindset (laughs) uh instant gratification needs to be right every time it's it's something that uh, once again i'm you know i keep hating on media i'm sorry media i love you (laughs) we'll bring some netflix later um hoping that things are perfect right off the bat and then disappearing when it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. um, right off the bat there's people aren't giving enough time to things to see if there is a chance of growing um you know a relationship is like um a harvest Mm -hmm. you have to plant plant and sow the seeds You have to water it and give it sun and fertilize it and eventually things will start to grow and then you have to go and pull out the weeds make sure that the crop is going great and then you know eventually there becomes a time where there's a harvest right the the time energy and and emotion you've put into growing these crops will eventually give you amazing results and i think i don't you know You have people that get the latest iPhone Mm -hmm. and then three months later, the next iPhone comes out and they need to go and spend the $3,000 to get the newest iPhone just because we need to have it. And it's when you do that type of thing, your brain becomes accustomed and rewired for that, right? It's, it's almost like an addiction to dopamine, right? Yep. So I feel good that I got the new Jordans, You feel good for about a week. Yep. And now you need to find the next thing that you need to have. And we take that mindset everywhere. I don't think a lot of people realize that the way we think about one thing leads into the way we think about another. Yep. Compound. And that there's truly a, yeah, the compound effect, right? There's clearly a connection there. So that's sort of my thoughts on the subject. Yeah. I, um, I love it. Go ahead. Do you think self can Self care and personal development and wellness affect a relationship.
0: Um, absolutely, it's hmm, it depends, and differing uh, degrees of affecting that it has because it depends on how each party actually prioritizes self care. And self-love. And if one isn't as much and one other person notices that, it can be a possible conflictual conversation if it is brought up. Sometimes the one that isn't self-caring can get aggravated, frustrated, or You know respond from that point of i know i should be doing better but i'm angry that i'm not therefore i'm acting out from that space because often subconsciously we have the awareness that we should be taking care of ourselves better but we are so stuck in just simply not and not getting that ball rolling that's one piece that i think is the underlying uh, truth that can happen yet it takes somebody that's noble confident, competent, and powered to go about doing the inner work, go about doing that self reflection and a radical self acceptance to understand and realize that there is self care that needs to be done. And in turn, it will not only help you yourself, yet it will help your relationships in a profound way because you're living from this new self, this new and improved self. Like, you know, you can relate it to a metaphor, like a car, you do an oil change and, you know, you put new wheels in and, you know, you, you make the seat you're sitting in more comfortable and then you just drive more confidently, more comfortably, more trusting, and maybe even a little happier. So therefore, yeah, you're, you're gonna, you know, they're going to come into your car and you're going to accept them wherever they sit or however many there are. And they're going to enjoy it that much more because, well, it's the car, but it's you and how you are showing up.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I really don't have much to add to that because you sort of covered the bases there. I am going to touch a little bit on the the personal development there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you sort of touched on it too. I'm just going to elaborate a little bit where... If you have two people in a relationship and one of them is continually growing and one of them is not, so one is a baseline and the other one is, you know, heading up this journey, you are going to cause a little bit of conflict because your thought processes will change and how you show up in the relationship will change as well. So if I'm doing a lot of um, relationship development and I'm learning how to show up for my partner and then my partner isn't doing any of this. I now have this expectation where this is how a healthy relationship works. This is how I'm showing up. And then there's a comparison that happens. Mm-hmm. You Most go. people will do it, right? Exactly. I'm doing all of this. And putting all this effort in to make my relationship work to be a better human being for you, and for myself. And you're not willing to put in the time and the effort to do the same. Right? So you got to be very careful when when going on journeys like that, that you do remove the ego. It's it is not a comparison. It's not a it's not a game to who's showing up better or who's showing up more, right? Yeah. Um, being in a relationship is 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 all about time and understanding. When it comes down to it, it's if you want to be a better person in your relationship, go out and do that, right? It's not your spouse's job to cater to you in any way. Um, and if you're in a relationship that um, you've had conversations about certain issues and things don't seem to change, well, then you need to start setting some healthier boundaries. Hmm. And I think that's what we should talk about right now. Um, yeah. Boundary. And the first thing I have to say about boundaries is it is our job to teach others how to treat us. hmm All right. Um, Communicate without blaming, but healthy boundaries will change the world you live in. All right. So what are your thoughts on boundaries? Any, any advice?
0: Yeah, definitely got lots to talk about there. Uh, I first off want to bring up the um, uh, nonviolent communication or NVC by Marshall Rosenberg. Fantastic uh, videos on YouTube and many other places for non-violently communicating to any loved one or any person or any thing really that uh, comes across in a way that is not offending whatsoever. And it's asking, basically all we're ever asking is please and thank you. And it's about asking that please in a loving, nurturing, caring, respectful way. And then, you know, the thank you as well can come from that. Um, So with that, I think that sets the foundation to ask about boundaries and, you know, set boundaries up with each other that serve you's best um, or multiple. So I think it's extremely important because if there's something that you know that you don't like or that you would prefer in your relationship from a con- certain uh, topics being brought up, or certain experiences being brought up or not, and you know that it could harm them or that they've said it harms them in some way or that you know deep down that it could, well, it's really respecting your own boundaries about them and vice versa. So you can both show up
1: in that loving manner going forward. Do you think personal boundaries are a discussion? in a relationship. So if I uh, have been through something traumatic in my past and I have an absolute no, I put a wall up. This is not something I'm comfortable with, um, not willing to move on. Do you feel that that is something in a relationship, a healthy relationship that should be uh, discussed? Is that boundary a discussion or should it be respected and taken as an absolute.
0: I think it can be brought up in a loving, mutual understanding of respect to be a discussion about what each other want and hope for and and, and would like in just in simple, simple, general terms. So you know where each other are at, what playing field you're in, and where you're going within that playing field with yourself and with others. And I think there's just one last thing here. I think there's one thing to say is just simply patience because we're never going to be maybe right in tune on the same, in the same book in the same bookshelf and on the same page, on the same word, on the same letter at the exact same time with where and how we feel like each other to each other or with each other's etc. and therefore just having patience about when maybe they're a few pages ahead or, or back or behind or with and then going about it in such a way that's loving and understanding
1: yeah listen to understand instead of trying to be understood it's mm. the best way best way beautiful um, you're talking about nonviolent communication and uh it's something that uh, I'm obvious. all the best counselors are in counseling. Just want to put that out. Uh, I'm in counseling and I have, I'm a problem solver always. An issue comes up. Okay, perfect. This is the game plan. How can we fix it? This is moving forward. Um, I'm a problem solver and it, it, it is not the healthiest way to communicate when someone's coming to you that just wants to vent, that wants to be understood. I'm having a rough day, and I just need you to understand that. One of the best nonviolent communication uh, tools that I've learned through counseling on this is basically summarization, which is huge. So, your spouse comes up and tells you that they're having a really hard time um, with school right now, and they're struggling with this assignment, and they're feeling very overwhelmed and the best way to make them feel heard instead of trying to solve the problems. And this is, once again, this is just personal to me. Instead of trying to solve the problems, it's like, I'm hearing that you feel mm. overwhelmed with your school project, that you don't feel like you have enough time to get it completed and so on. And it's, it's been like a godsend in my relationship. Um, because I always jump to that, I, I don't know if it's a, you'd consider it a rescuer. It's the disease to please, right? <laughs> I want to make all the bad go away. I want to uh, to fix all the problems and uh, just so you can be happy. Well, it's not our job in a relationship to always fix our spouse's problems. Sometimes we just need to show up, right? Yeah. Hold space, listen, and that's where the uh, the personal development and personal growth mindset is where it's like, there's issues that need to be solved. How can we solve them? What's the path look like? Let's start setting up goals. No, I, I hear you and I feel you. Right. And This is what I'm hearing. Is that right? And uh, I think that's been a really good, good level for, for that. Yeah. Anywho, I think we're about to wrap this episode up here. So thank you for listening. We uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come here and enjoy our conversation.
0: Absolutely. I think uh, what you had to say just before that was was beautifully put. And I just want to add to that. It's like, okay, asking your partner, partners, you know, are you looking for empathy or solutions? And coming from that heart space with empathy and knowing the headspace understands that. And then also saying, okay, well, I have solutions in mind, whatever it may be. And for that, you know, you're meeting them where they're at and you're asking those questions. So a great piece there. And, uh, you know, at this point, it is due time uh, to slow down and enjoy the rest of the day. But this has been an absolute pleasure. And it's something that is always on my mind in regards to how I live my life with the relationships that I have. And just, you know, a loving relationship, a friend, a mother, a father, a dad, a brother, a sister, whatever it may be. So on that note, I just want to always say, if you're struggling at all in any way, shape, or form, I and or we want to say, please reach out, talk to someone, anyone about anything that's going on, where it may just help you that much more. So on that note, this is the self-content where James's analytical meets my heart and we find some peace through that. So on that, we wish you a lovely day.